0: Welcome to Bach Lab, the podcast by Emanuel Music, the living laboratory for the music of J.S. Bach. This episode is all about This Love Unbound, our collaboration with Urbanity Dance this Saturday and Sunday. Emanuel Music will perform cantata-inspired works of Britain, Phaedra, Serenade, and Les Illuminations, as well as works by John Harbison and Caroline Shaw. This episode has turned into a bit of an exploration of process and rehearsal, really what it's like to bring together dance and live music in this way. Later on in the episode, our artistic director, Ryan Turner and choreographer Shura Baryshnikov bring insight into the ideas behind this project and their vision for this very special program. But first you will hear from dancers Haley Day and Alex Davis, as we chat about Urbanity Dance's style and work, their preparation for this collaboration and their hopes for this performance.
1: My name is Haley Day, and I am one of Urbanity's professional contemporary company dancers. Um, and there were four of us who were booked for this show. Um, Shura, when Shura got hired to direct it, she wanted to have some dancers from Urbanity be involved. Um, so we put together a lot of the dance of things in november and december um and actually just today started putting things together i met um a singer today carly um and so we yeah just barely starting to put everything together um, only today so yeah
2: amazing hi my name is alex davis uh i'm a dancer and choreographer i was with the urbanity professional company for five years i'm no longer with the company but i'm still Uh, I don't know, like a friend of, I don't know how to best describe my relationship to urbanity, but no one ever leaves urbanity, I think is the the best way you can say it. Um, So, but in this capacity, I was uh, asked to assist Shura. So Shura, when she was arranging this project and had decided to work with urbanity dancers, uh, reached out to me knowing that I have a relationship with Urbanity and with Emmanuel and sure and I have a working relationship as well so I'm uh, thinking of myself as uh, the connective tissue uh for the week of this project so I didn't generate any choreography I'm not dancing in it but the week of I fully expect to be running around facilitating conversations and uh helping everybody in the space who might need it.
0: Yeah, so that kind of brings us to I assume a lot of our listeners are looking forward to this concert, but might not know what to expect. So um, it's going to be a collaboration between this dance company and Emanuel Music. Um, Where is dance going to play in to this concept? And like, how might it be experienced as an audience member?
1: Yeah, so um, actually part of the thing that Alex is going to be working on with us at Tech is something that we don't know that much about Um, during the first half of the concert, we're going to be kind of um, doing fairly simple walking patterns to kind of just Mm -hmm. like bring energy into the space, Um, and we don't know anything about what that really is going to be like yet. Um, And then uh, Olivia Link, one of the dancers, has a solo in the first half of the show um, that will be there is going to be like a stage specifically for dance that's going to be set for us. So um, I think there's like stage and then musicians (laughs) behind that uh, sort of a setup. Um, And then the full quartet of dancers is in the third, seventh and tenth movements of the britain piece um and that uh is more like set choreography that we've been been working on more fully. Uh we just got to see today uh, with a few sections of that how um, a singer will be kind of moving through space with us a little bit. Figured out that um looks like there shouldn't be too much traffic. Um but yeah, just like certain select moments uh dancers will be there and Uh, Shura, I think, uh, made it pretty clear when she first got hired for this that she's not the type of choreographer to create movement that's like a literal interpretation Mm -hmm. of text or anything. Um, It's more about uh, energetically moving ideas through the space um, and and just bringing extra embodied life to the whole thing um, in, in a few select places.
0: That's really interesting. And I think we'll like reflect on the program really well. Um, Were you speaking about? Yeah, go ahead.
2: It's great to offer as many ways into a work as possible. And I think this concert is going to have so many different ways for the audience to approach the music, uh, whether that's through the movement or through the lighting design or through the singers or through the text or uh, we're really uh, what i see happening through this collaboration between um all these wonderful artists is the potential for so many access points into the work um so i think it's a, that plus the um the accessible pricing model that emmanuel mm-hmm. is offering i think this is an absolutely incredible opportunity for the boston arts community who maybe do, uh, don't typically go to live orchestral music or don't typically think of themselves as opera people or um, it, it would, would count themselves out of an experience like this for whatever reason to go. Mm. Uh, it's It seems to be fairly accessible.
0: Totally. And um, like another element too is we're in this new place. We're in Somerville at the Armory. Um, have either of you been to the space? Um, kind of an untraditional venue. Would you like to
1: speak on that? Yeah, um, it's. I haven't been there since pre-pandemic so I'm speaking from from memory but it's kind of a cool like there's brick walls and it's kind of I don't know edgy feeling there's like bar you know yeah I think we are uh, using it a little bit differently than it normally is for certain Hmm. kinds of performances like the way um, the audience and the stage is going to be oriented in the space is going to be different than what they're usually set up for. Um, But it's kind of just this big open space that is um, I mean, yeah, I've seen uh, mostly like Urbanity's adult programming does these little showcases there and there's this little kind of little stage <laughs> that is used for that. We are going to be renting a different stage to be able to have more space and have it be an actual sprung floor. So honestly, I'm kind of curious myself just to see what everything looks like once it's set up because I've been there, but not with the the setup that we're going to be using. So should be good to see.
2: Yeah, it's really a community space. It's a space I think of for for many folks, a meeting space, a classroom, a shopping space, a performance space. So uh, like you were saying, Claudia, I really hope that that is one of the many reasons people feel safe is the wrong word. But people feel welcome to this show, even if they typically would count themselves out because they don't think they understand dance or they don't think they understand opera or whatever.
0: Yeah i'm excited i've never been there either um i'd love to hear just kind of about urbanity dance in general like what kind of um what style
1: do you guys use and what is urbanity dance yeah Yeah, Uh, it's funny because we do, so we have a school that reaches hundreds of students between ages one and like 90 something. I think our oldest Dance with Parkinson's student is up there. Um, And we also do some community outreach stuff. Like I'm going and performing at a school on Wednesday doing this little, it's called Dancing in Each Other's Shoes program that we send out to different uh elementary schools and middle schools um we also do have a professional contemporary company um, which is four of the seven members that were part of the company this year are are doing this particular show so for this show we are doing contemporary however one of our biggest draws is our beginner adult hip-hop classes uh, so yeah, so as far as what we do as a whole organization, I'd say is focused on contemporary and hip hop um, for our professional adult performing company. Just contemporary,
2: currently. And, and what
0: does that mean? Like, what should we expect to see from you guys?
2: Yeah, contemporary dance is a, a an emerging and ongoing uh, art form, and because it is truly contemporary in the sense, often uh, in other Artistic traditions. There are uh, ideas like modernism or postmodernism or classic classicalism. Like these these ideas freeze with history. Dance is like uh, relatively in the United States a relatively like young art form. Like we can train with people who trained with the founding of modern dance forms. Right. Like Haley and I have both met and worked with people who worked with Martha Graham. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of wild that we're like only one degree removed from the founding of a lot of these artistic principles that contemporary dance in the United States is built on. So because yeah. of that, what contemporary dance is, is always changing and always fusing. But um, aesthetically, you could probably expect to see some ballet or jazz lines. You could expect to see some very physical partnering. Um, you can expect to see a movement that is aligned with and illustrating music as well as mm-hmm. fighting and uh like bringing to light uh things that aren't in the music so it's really um a catch-all not in its generality but it's a catch-all in the sense that uh there's space for everything in it mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and i mean it's one of the so Shura barishnikov the choreographer came in with a bunch of uh, task-based uh, exercises to get us working on the choreography. So each one of our, our four dancers was given like a, a I'm tr- I wish I could remember exactly what the first one was, but something there's something called target practice that we used to make the uh, third movement and the Britain mm. piece. Um, and so we each kind of made our own little, phrase of movement and then sure looked at it and had us all kind of start figured out where to put us played around what if you wait here and you go sooner how will this line up that kind of stuff and then we just had a little two-minute section out of that but with each like she didn't give us each movement for that one at all right but then for the 10th movement of the britain piece she had we have like a very unison gestural phrase that's going to be happening it's mostly just like arms upper body we're going to be wearing these big uh full skirts so there's not very much movement there's not like a lot of walking around or stepping and it's just this really beautiful um kind of lyrical uh upper body arm and head and torso movement um so yeah so Mm -hmm. from section to section within this show there's a lot of a lot of different kinds of things going on um but yeah I guess you could say uh there there's like modern based movement going on um aesthetically yeah
0: pretty weird um I really yes. love hearing about the pro the process and how like part of the process is like a collaborative like exploration and like play and Haley, can you tell me a little bit about what rehearsals have been going like and 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 that experience
1: Yeah, um, I just am always struck by how different a process is for musicians than for dancers for something like this, right? Uh, Like there is a dance notation that exists that like eight people in the world can actually use functionally. There's no (laughs) way of documenting things and then being like, okay, go read your music and rehearse and then we'll meet together a few weeks before, right? Instead, it was one of those like uh, in November and December, we have a break from our usual company season. So Shura scheduled rehearsals with us then, and the music, she had figured out more or less which sections she felt like dance fit in, um, and we had, you know, like little task-based um assignments to help create phrase work. And then she figured out how to put it all together. And then we kind of figure out how it's gonna align with the music. Usually a little, yeah, like the movement and the composition of things came first and then figuring out where it lines up with the music came a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we did not really rehearse this between December and like we had a a marketing video shoot in January (laughs) where we just came back together Real quick and tried to remember what happened you know but um, otherwise we have video documentation that we use to try to make sure we didn't forget everything completely um and then uh got back together only within the last few weeks we had three rehearsals total together um, to just put everything back together and finish one section that we hadn't finished in mm-hmm. December um so honestly it's just been a like more recently it's been a lot of trying to remember what happened <laughs> make sure that it's consistent which I think for yeah for dancers that's an interesting challenge video definitely helps but it's still only an indicator when it's been that long in between um so it's a lot of uh just kind of, remembering together a uh, group brain think trying to make sure that we have that we're all on the same page and that nobody's pissed off about the version that somebody else remembered <laughs> you know that kind of stuff um and then yeah so I like this week is really going to be very different from all of those rehearsals because it's getting all of the music put in with mm-hmm. everything seeing how this goes. Um so so yeah, so leading up to this lots of just like building material trying to kind of imagine that singer might be moving through here but we'll see later and now we get to mm-hmm. actually see later. So um so yeah.
2: And being prepared for things like uh, the recordings we've been using might uh not be at all what Ryan plans on conducting in mm-hmm. terms of phrasing or you know.
1: tempo. yeah. Yeah
2: so that's where uh, Haley and the dancers and Shura will be talking about that and then uh, I imagine myself like running between Shura and Ryan and being like hey Ryan this is what the dancers need this is what Shura needs while Shura's trying to play some musicians it's gonna be um you know you we've done a lot of or I you all have done a lot of preparation leading up to this you know I, I, and in this respect, I think it's similar to an orchestral rehearsal process, right? The musicians have all had their music, and now they're getting into the room together. So now the dancers and the costumes and the lighting are all just another thing that we all get to turn into something.
0: Great. Here's like a um, me not knowing very much, but being curious. When you say phrase and you're talking about like this dance process, will
1: you explain to me what that means? Yeah, um, I would say a string of movements um, that usually it's uh, it's going to be the same every time, right? Uh, like a, a set determined string of movements
3: mm-hmm. and
1: how long it is, is completely arbitrary. <laughs> um, but uh, sometimes you talk about like original phrase work or like mm-hmm. raw material phrase work where it's one of those like we're just making big swaths of fabric to then be able to cut and paste and sew different places, right? So um, one of these sections was actually a big brain game of we uh, each each of the four dancers made their own phrase, their own string of movements, right? And then we had to learn each other dancer's phrase. And then Shura kind of took it and said, okay, you two go over here, you do part of this phrase, you two go over here, you do part of this other phrase. And then we kind of play around and see what happens. And then the last section, we had to create retrograde versions of our original oh right which is where you Mm -hmm. press rewind on the whole thing yeah so um so yeah your original phrase is like your your main string of movement that you made but then other phrases get made out of that from kind of cutting and pasting and reorienting and rearranging well
0: as we wind up um is there anything you would like to share about like what an audience what would you would like an audience to get out of this or to learn about the dance aspect or anything like that
1: um, I mean, I guess I, I'm i expecting there to be plenty of like music lovers and Emmanuel supporters at this. Um, so I guess I hope that they'll see something that they wouldn't normally see and find it um, compelling to see movement and in the force of everything. I do also know, like I have friends who... Prefer to just listen to music without mm. visual stimulation. Um, so I'm I'm curious if there's going to be any of, of that kind of thing where it's like, oh, it's distracting when there's too many things to look at. You know, I'm I'm curious if there will be some of that. Um, but hopefully, I think it'll just kind of create this new world to be part of for you know however long you're in the space. Um, and yeah, I hope it's. Uh, enchanting and you know it just like pulls people in to feel like they can really just like settle and revel in um some really you know talented humans all together in the same place totally
2: yeah um i hope people have um a ca- at this ugh, i hope people have like as casual or as formal an an experience as they wish mm. I, I hope that people feel comfortable coming and wearing jeans and buying a drink and sitting back and letting it wash over them. And I hope people feel comfortable wearing formal wear and sitting in the front row and sitting up straight. And I I, I think this is a really cool opportunity for folks because of the venue, because of the integration of dance and music to um, play with their own perceptions of what it means for them to show up to live performance, particularly live performance that is often upheld in this Mm -hmm. um, like often unattainable, mythic, formal way. Uh, So I hope that we can, through the movement and through the design and through the community of the dancers and musicians and the artists involved, facilitate a space of um, of agency for the audience to approach it uh, the way that they need to.
0: Now let's hear from Ryan Turner and Shira Bershnikov. And apologies for the sound quality. We were near the bar at the venue that Alex was describing and the refrigerator was quite loud. So I hope you bring a little bit of the rehearsal spirit to listening
3: to this in 2020 we were in year one of a planned two-year britain series and in 21 i had originally planned to do these three works of course the public health crisis had different plans for us and so things were just delayed and when i was putting this season together um, it gave us an opportunity to revisit these pieces and in revisiting them, I learned in my own research that Les Illuminations had indeed been choreographed during Britain's lifetime, which gave me the idea, aha, an opportunity. I'll also say that um, before the pandemic, we were supposed to do a staged St. John Passion that Shura had been enlisted for choreographic um, input and help on that. So. It, was, it gave me an opportunity to go back to Shura and say, we want to collaborate, here's a different project.
0: Cool, yeah. And so when you were coming up with these these works, did they share a common theme or like just pieces you were...
3: You know, the, well, the, the concept of the whole program, this unbound love, mm-hmm. I mean, it came from, in the Les Illuminations, the very opening line is about I alone hold the key to this savage parade. Yeah, I was reading that. So we came up with this love unbound, but I think there's sort of three themes that pervade the program as i see it it's um corruption of youth and innocence um sort of the limitless or um like unbound love and sometimes maybe the less than savory side of love is what i'd say and the third thing is sort of this um way of phrasing it, it's unexpected love um a distorted Type of love
0: yeah are these ideas you were thinking about when you were trying to set it with dance no not necessarily mm-hmm. actually
4: I'm um, you know the um I mean doing the 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 research on these pieces and taking the time to be with them musically and um I was really responding to kind of Kinesthetically, what are the different sections of of music asking for? So, I didn't set out to create lyrical or narrative events in connection to, but to pick up energetically, you know, what these pieces of music were offering um, in order to really, you know, meet each piece um, with the content of dance that it essentially needs to help illustrate and illuminate and, like, you know, energetically bring it forward so rather than approaching it narratively of like I need to tell yeah, a specific absolutely. story um, with the dancing it's like energetically how do I meet this music and what sections of these larger written pieces really call for embodiment Yeah
0: no there's something really special going on with the inclusion of Carly in the in the dance and like centering the singer. what was the idea for that and how did that come up?
4: Well, Carly, Carly was, um, I think, eager to be on stage Mm -hmm. with the dancers and was willing to memorize for this piece and be off be off book and, um, and so you know, as soon as that possibility was there, we're able to then you know build. I did build those dance sections knowing that she would be integrated, thinking I very early on kind of began walking the track that I thought she would take through the you know, kind of architecture of bodies in space with the quartet. So, um, you know, that was that was present in my stage design. Um, But I also knew that the dancers didn't need to be present through the whole thing, that there are also times where she really just needed to be with the audience to tell these stories. There's a lot of exposition. And again, I didn't want to get into, um, kind of back myself into a corner where I needed to narrate these larger, like, storytelling pieces. Again, it's like, how do we meet the poetry? And, um, you know, you lift some of the, the images to actually help create the movement, which we did. You know, the, um, a lot of the choreography was built with um, choreographic devices that I lifted right from the language of the poetry.
3: You know, one of the things I'll say to add to that is especially, oh, especially as it relates to Phaedra and Les Illuminations, in Phaedra, there's not, it's telling a story, but it's not narrative. Mm-hmm. It's telling a story through Phaedra's emotions and responses. So we're not, there's no sort of exposition or through line in that way. It's emotional responses to the story. And we learn of the story through her. Mm -hmm. And then in Les Illuminations, this sort of absurdist symbolic poetry, certainly there is really no story that's told whatsoever. So it's
0: in French,
2: right? Yeah. And so there's (laughs) the the
3: abstract nature of it Mm -hmm. lends itself, I think, incredibly well to dance. Yeah. And with the Serenade too, I think one of the things that, I mean, having seen it, a little bit for the first time. There's this sort of organic build of, and dramatic build that happens with very little in serenade, a little more in Phaedra. That leads us to what we saw in Les Deux and then the. I'll just say a quick word about the what I'm calling the sort of connective material in these. And there's the harbison for violin alone that happens between the serenade and Phaedra, and then piece by Caroline, and Shaw, Caroline Shaw called Limestone and Felt that in a way, for, for sonically it clears the palate. Mm-hmm. We go from large forces to small forces and I feel like it gives, again, it's like a palate cleanser. It clears our ears for something new and also visually gives us something different as well.
0: Um, how does it feel to be outside of Emmanuel Church?
3: <laughs> I love it. I mean, uh-huh. there's always a moment of transition. This is such a different acoustic. We're used to Emmanuel Church, which is such a boomy acoustic and I'm always making adjustments within the orchestra to, to make what we hear in the space be somewhat intelligible. And there's so much bloom on the sound in the church. And here, this is an incredibly honest and real acoustic. So we're, we're adjusting. And tonight was very interesting just to hear the orchestra mm-hmm. sort of get used to hearing and how do we make it work for the space. Yeah. So, and it's all, I think it's always great for us to be outside of our home.
0: And on the flip side, like what is it with the dancers to be kind of working with this live ensemble and like maybe outside of what you guys usually expect?
4: Mm. I've always prioritized prioritized projects that I can, um, you know, where dance is paired with live music. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a contemporary dance project. I, I, I ran a company for a number of years, and part of our the mission of the project was the you know performance of dance with live music it's always been my always my preference it's not always within the um it's not always in dance budgets to include live live music it's it's actually it, it's rare for that reason for for the reason you know scarcity of resources um so uh, this is an extraordinary opportunity i mean the dancers were really excited to you know to be in space and, and even just knowing for instance like when we were rehearsing with recordings in the studio that you know carly would be right there that that voice would be you know there's such mm-hmm. a kinesthetic exchange with the vibration of sound that close yeah. to you when you're dancing whether it's an instrument or you know someone's vocal instrument it's extraordinary and it, it energetically there's a feed forward and feedback between the musicians and, and singers and dancers and that's that's what a program like this is is um,
0: yeah like kind of extraordinary for. Yeah, it's really one whole rather than either mm-hmm. with accompaniment, you know, and it's just really I'm very, very excited. Um, any final thoughts? What would you what would you like to be a takeaway or hmm.
4: So really, I'm just grateful
0: to be doing this project and
4: for giving these, um, really giving the dancers the opportunity too to work with live music on this scale. It's really extraordinary as a, a dancer at any stage of their career to have this opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of be in the like living, breathing organism of um, a, a musical machine yeah. of this size. I'll say
3: similar for us, for the, the three soloists, the singers. It's not, this is not common to be able to, I mean, Bill Haidt, who's a seasoned tenor, has had a a formidable career, has only sung the Serenade once in his career with orchestra. That Mm. was, I think, over 10 years ago. So this is not common. So it's a a real opportunity for these singers to get the chance to do these works that aren't done that frequently. Um, And also all the added elements of, of light and dance and being in the moment and I will say the other thing that I'm really thrilled that we're doing is two performances Yeah. because, you know, and I actually kind of hope audiences will come on Saturday and Sunday because I think <laughs> it's going to grow from Saturday to Sunday. and It's going to be totally different. Okay. Well, I'm
0: really excited. Thank you guys. Thank you Thanks. so much. Bach Lab is brought to you by Emanuel Music in Boston. Visit EmmanuelMusic.org to reserve tickets to This Love Unbound, Saturday and Sunday, April 29th and 30th at Arts at the Armory. The music you heard in this episode is from Bach Cantata BWV 127, presented by Emanuel Music, February 27, 2022, conducted by Michael Beatty and engineered by Seth Torres. Thank you so much to Haley, Alex, Ryan, and Shira for taking part in this episode. I'm Claudia Dorian, host and producer of this podcast.